Recording in progress. Welcome to the second season of the Now Strategos podcast. Strategos is a Greek term which roughly translated means generalship and it is part of the origin of the English word strategy. My name is Britton Jacobson. I own a few entrepreneurship endeavors, work a full-time W-2 job, and enjoy learning. I appreciate you being here. Let's get into the episode. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, welcome to the podcast, Chandler. Uh, how's it? Oh, yeah. I, we just got done with a meeting talking about Rocket Vendor, which is a cold emailing lead gen company that we're, we're working on together. Uh, but other than that, how's your morning uh, been so far? Uh, pretty good. I actually got up early this morning. I didn't snooze my alarm. I'm coming off a uh, West Coast trip that I was gone for like six nights. So it's taken a little bit of time for my body to adjust. But um, finally getting back in that routine, which is, uh, you know, I'm finding out as ever more, more critical as a, as a more shit I'm trying to do. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's, what's early for you? Uh, flick 5. AM. Um, okay. I've tried going earlier and I, I think I've reached the, the limits of my, my capabilities before I've tried a couple four like 30, 4. AM guys. It's just, it, it doesn't get the job done. So <laughs> I'm, I'm typically, uh, try to be off all screens, lights, at least on natural lights, stuff like that by like nine falling asleep yep. by 10 up at five. But, um, last night I was kind of burning the candle on both ends, but I got up, uh, I think I got like five hours of sleep last night, but my whoop recovery was still 92, which is <laughs> fire. So nice. <laughs> not to brag, but, uh, <laughs> not to brag yeah, about well, my sleep, but, uh, what do you, <laughs> what do you think about, uh, the whoop deal? I haven't gotten one, but I've certainly thought about it. Um, I think it's good for like the first, you know, maybe a year. So you can kind of like test and dial in stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Long-term, I don't really think like, you know, you need it, but it's like cool to see if like, you know, I'm probably on like year two, two now. So again, I haven't canceled it yet. So I guess, I don't know, whatever. It's just so kind far, of the business model is still working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know, man. It's just like, uh, it's cool to see, like, you can kind of like biohack, if you will, you can do like, you know, you can tell like, you know, if you eat food too late towards bed, how it affects your sleep, if you drink too late towards bed, how it affects your sleep, like, kind of all this different stuff. But um, I don't know, I like it. There's also an accountability thing to it, too. You kind of look down, you can feel in your wrist, like, oh, damn, I haven't worked out yet today. Or, oh, man, I haven't taken my walk yet today. Like, let's, uh, let's get on it. Let's stop messing around. So nice. Okay. I don't know. I, the, the one drawback about it, though, is that there's no clock on it. So it's like not a wristwatch. It's purely a health tracker, which is, you know, the, the iPhone and, you know, Garmin or not the iPhone, the Apple Watch. Yeah. As well as the, um, you know, Garmin or, you know, what what have you. They have the watch component, which is nice. Um, but that's about it. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we'll, we'll see. I, I might end up getting one, but yeah, that's the, the issue I've had too, is like, you, you like back when I was counting calories and working out all the time and whatever, yep. it's like, you know, you use the app to count your calories, but then you actually, for after a couple of weeks, you kind of have a pretty good idea of yeah, you know what it is. everything, exactly. especially when you're eating 90% of the time, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 100%. you kind of just, it's like, you know, you don't need it anymore. So mm -hmm. anyway, 
but um all right cool so okay so i think what i want to do is start at the at the so the, the reason we're having this podcast is not only um are we working together um but like you're a dude who's been has kind of gone through an interesting career shift and trajectory you've also gone through a mental shift personally and uh you're interested in doing interesting things and so yeah it's gonna be an interesting conversation um sure so did uh did you grow i did you grow up in florida oh yeah lifelong uh florida man here uh it's funny now especially being from tampa um a ton of people are moving here. Everyone I meet now out and about, you know, is from the Northeast, from even some West Coast people, like some random stuff. Um, and I tell them I'm from Tampa and they kind of look at me like I'm a science experiment. Like, uh, oh, I didn't even know people were from here. I'm like, oh yeah, there's, there's a few. There's a few, but yeah, lifelong Florida, man. Growing up, what did you do with your time? Like as a kid in Florida, in Tampa? Uh, pretty much like, I would say, 70% sports. Uh, so football, baseball, those are my sports. So little league, AAU, you know, high school, middle school sports, the whole nine yards. And then the other 30% of the time or 20% of the time, uh, video games hard. <laughs> I was a big, uh, online video game player. So like call of duty, halo, um, Madden, FIFA, whole nine yards. It's so, it's so funny. So like, half the time even so like sports practice and stuff like half the time we were talking about sports half the time we were just talking about getting on and playing xbox later when we got home <laughs> um yeah and then the other 10 percent of the time i don't know doing some like regular florida person stuff like fishing golfing a little bit of outdoorsy stuff but yeah other than that i was really focused on sports growing up so video gotcha. games in my spare time okay and then where did you go to college and like what did you go for yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, school at University of Florida. So right up the road from Tampa in Gainesville, Florida, which um, if you haven't been there, if the University of Florida wasn't there, I don't think it would even be on a map. Um, but a great college town, got a ton of character. Um, so I went to school for, uh, got my undergrad in finance, got my master's in real estate. So Total Finbro real estate finance capital markets, dude, right out the box. And, and why did you do that? And were you planning on going the commercial route or residential route when you were doing it? Yeah. So to be completely candid, so when I actually got to school, I was trying to go to our or my initial major was mechanical engineering. I wanted to be an Imagineer building rides at Disney World. So I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, that's also what I did growing up. Yeah, from being Florida man. So we were right up the road from, you know, Orlando, all the theme parks. So we would rotate between going to like Universal, Disney, SeaWorld, Home on Yards growing up. So I had a lot of theme parks in my day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I actually went to school with the, um, under the guise of being a mechanical engineer, trying to be an Imagineer for Disney, building roller coasters, school rides, stuff like that. Um, I saw how much uh, calculus I had to do and realized that was not for me. <laughs> um, and at that point, too, I had just seen Wolf of Wall Street, which had just come out my senior year of high school. So I'm like, oh, this finance stuff's pretty cool. Like, you could be a stock trader or something like that, whatever. Um, so ended up going the finance route. And then I'm getting down the road and just kind of, you know, mentors that I know in Tampa, just talking to multifamily real estate was like getting, you know, super huge. So I graduated in 2018. So multifamily was, you know, like the hottest chick at the bar, right? So I'm like, okay. 
and I knew a lot of people that had done the MSRE program uh, at the University of Florida, which is like, I think the top ranked public, you know, real estate program in the country. And one, it's like, yeah, you learn a lot of technical stuff, but two, the biggest thing there is the kind of the network you can tap into. So, you know, just kind of going to some of those events, even before I applied to the program, that's where I kind of was like, okay, I can do this. Um, I like the commercial aspect to it too, and especially multifamily. So. Got it. Okay. That's kind of it. Yeah. And then from there you were working for some kind of commercial real estate, multifamily. Um, yes. Offices, yeah. So, right? so my first gig out of school was for a multifamily private equity shop where I met my current business partner, um, Bert. So we're doing pretty much, you know, value add B, C, and we ended up dabbling in some class A stuff at the end there, but typically, you know, Texas, Florida, Arizona, class B and C value add. So we're buying, you know, an absolute dog of a property, extensive capital renovation improvement plan, um, and then flipping it to the next person. <laughs> As of now, it seems, you know, but now the plan is, you know, pretty much putting lipstick on a pig, flipping it to the next sucker that they to buy it after. So I did that for like a year. Um, <clears throat> I had a crazy, you know, two months in company ended up rebranding. The founder went absolutely bonkers. Like that's a, that's a story for another podcast. Anyways, long story short, I saw the writing on the wall, like two months in, I wanted to stick it out for a year because I don't know that I didn't want that to be on my resume, I guess, but it, it would have, yep. in hindsight, yep. it would have been completely justifiable to any other employer. So once I told them what was going on, but anyways, from there, so I was doing asset management FP&A. So like financial planning analysis. So like budgeting for effectively, you know, I think we had 50,000 units or so. So pretty sizable portfolio. So I was doing the budgeting and asset management for like half of that. So that was a ton of great experience because I got to kind of touch every single part of the industry. So really got my feet wet there. But again, so like I said, I went to school for, you know, finance. So I was looking to kind of get in the more capital markets, you know, investment side of real estate. And so from there, uh, there's a job opportunity for the finance team at Strategic Property Partners, which Strategic Property Partners is a joint venture between Jeff Vinnick, who owns the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Cascade Investment, which is kind of the investment arm for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And so, you know, even when I was in college, I've been hearing about SVP and kind of their whole plan is Water Street Tampa. So it's like a three and a half billion dollar mixed use, like neighborhood vertical skyscraper development around Omni Arena in downtown Tampa. So that was quote unquote, like my dream job, I guess, if you will, I got to take exactly what I was going to school for, uh, real commercial real estate finance and helping to get to reshape the face of my hometown. So there's nothing cooler to me than doing that job. Um, so ended up interviewing coincidentally, again, going back to the UFMS three program, coincidentally, I met my then boss at a event when I was still a college senior at a networking event through the UFMS three program. So, once I figured out he was a boss, I literally emailed him or he was a hiring manager, shot him an email, said, Hey, Greg, heard you have an opening on your team. You know, let's talk. So next thing you know, working for them, uh, super cool gig. Uh, the, on my first day with SPP, we signed a, a term sheet with Bank OZK for a $664 million construction loan across like nine different mixed use assets. So I had no idea that was even coming down the pipeline. Everyone you talk to is supposed to be a fully equity 
funded project between Jeff and Bill, Uncle Jeff and Uncle Bill, as we like to call them. <laughs> um, and then next thing you know, we're signing this massive term or this massive loan that we ended up placing internally between four guys, which you could talk to, you know, anyone in the industry that is, uh, doesn't happen. You're typically going third party for something like that. And we placed yeah. it all internally on top of the other duties we had, such as underwriting all of the assets, um, underwriting leases, all stuff like that, financial modeling. So I got a crash course in real estate finance, let's say pretty fast. Uh, a lot of times where, you know, we're getting in at eight in the morning and then it's coming around to that 6 p.m. time and you don't know, like, hey, am I good to go home? <laughs> and then boss would come out, his name was Greg, like, all right, guys, what do you want for dinner? And it's just like, uh, fuck. <laughs> Gonna be one of those nights. So, but it was cool. I loved it. Wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, it was very cool, like, kind of the name in Tampa, especially goes well. Um, but that kind of leads me to, you know, my current venture, which was, uh, or which is uh, one of my current two ventures. Uh, one of them being uh, Get Green NOI, which was a small business that, going back to my business partner, Bert, that I mentioned, him, I, and then another, uh, our other business partner, Sam Rosati, we purchased a multifamily LED lighting business that had kind of uh, the current or the seller had kind of um, taken his eye off the ball a little bit, started another business focused on a similar vertical within multifamily vendor space. Um, so we basically viewed this as a, a car with the, the, the keys and the ignition on the side of the highway, just needed some someone to come hop back in the driver's seat. And that was me with the guidance of, of Sam and Bert. So, so what so, drove the, what, so what, what drove the, the pivot in your mind from, yeah. you know, commercial real estate and whatnot to, um, to this, this other yeah, side of good point. So small business. This was, uh, this was in when we first started hearing about it, February, 2020. So at this point I had been working remotely from March 3rd. I was like, I knew I'd always kind of wanted to go out and do my own thing. At, at one point I thought it was going to be like real estate development. Um, literally, I found a tweet from Sam, I think in like January or February of 2020 saying like, uh, Hey, looking for, you know, someone that knows a little bit about multifamily have a great business opportunity here in Tampa. So I'm sitting like, Oh, I know multifamily really well. And I'm in Tampa. So this is interesting. Next thing you know, we end up talking. I end up bringing in Bert into the deal. Cause that was kind of helping him bird dog find some deals for his own little family office, private equity firm that he has. Um, yeah. One day I was going over to his house to kind of like talk about deals that he was looking at. And I was like, Hey dude, you want to invest in this business? It's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. We both know multifamily, whatever. So I guess really it was more of like a, I wasn't seeking it out. It was more of like a right time, right opportunity. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, so I knew the industry really well. Like I knew the clients that we're selling to because I, I was that client at the end of the day. So I can speak the same language, um, but, and I also just kind of knew, especially working at um, Water Street, Tampa, it was like the first well-certified, all the buildings are lead certified, you know, big ESG, green energy mandate push. Yep. So I kind of saw like, that's where the industry is trending, especially in multifamily. So I'm like, okay, this is a huge potential opportunity here to kind of pivot the company from just strictly LEDs to a full suite of green energy projects. So thus the, the rebrand from Onyx Energy, which was a company we bought to get green NOI, which is now, you know, we do 
LED lighting, uh, EV charging station, solar energy, and low flow water efficiency projects. So the full suite of green, green stuff. But yeah. so before before we we move on to kind of the small business management side of things, um, were there any mistakes that you feel like you made in your kind of normal W two? job and whatnot in pursuing the commercial real estate and finance side, the relationships that you were engaging with. Um, cause obviously you had a lot of successes, right. And you know, mm-hmm. you were, you were running, running and gunning, but you know, I'm curious if you're like, look back on the, that time and you're like, you know, I wish I would have done this differently or this would have like helped me, help me navigate that time in my life better or anything along those lines. Um, so basically like during my time at the real estate private equity company and, uh, strategic property partners. Yes. Yeah. Well, so in one way I wouldn't change anything at all because I think every single step I took was like somehow like where I'm sitting right now, like every step I took while at the time I was maybe frustrated, wish I was making more money, um, wish I was doing my own thing, stuff like that. I think it was just necessary steps. If you look at life as like a video game almost it was like the necessary steps I needed to take in order to unlock where I'm at now. Yeah. But in, 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 I guess obviously hindsight's 22 or 2020. Um, you know, I wish I would have gotten serious sooner. I spent a lot of good times, um, which I thought was good times. Spent a lot of time partying <laughs> to be <laughs> candid, um, which I've kind of the past 12 months, I've uh, really, I think taken some great steps in a, a positive direction. Uh, so the partying would have limited partying a little bit. Two, I never realized truly like how much free time I had to try and start, you know, a side hustle. It was all, there's always some excuse, right? Like, oh, I have a roommate. My roommate's always partying like, or, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's, I made a lot of excuses. Whereas now we're really like my back's against the wall. If I don't execute now, you know, like the business could go under. It's like, damn, if I would have operated with that, you know, kind of same mentality back when I had another job like who knows where i'd be at this point right but again looking back at it like yeah um, it's not so much about quote unquote identifying a a regret as much as it is there are things that that, now that i that i've learned from my experience that i would apply going forward for instance exactly exactly uh i would say 100 you have way more time in the day than you think you have it's all about prioritizing um there's always going to be someone's birthday dinner it's someone there's going to be some event that's going to like drag you out to like dinner and drinks or something like that you just gotta fucking just say no to that shit um and really it just comes down to like identifying really what you want and you have to ruthlessly eliminate a bunch of stuff that you you think you couldn't have gone without beforehand and then you do it for a couple weeks and you're like oh my gosh like why wasn't i doing this already so (laughs) yeah no that's something i've (laughs) yes no that's something I thought about uh, quite a bit relative to how to navigate. Cause you hear it all the time, just say no to the things that are getting in your way. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest thing. It's, like it's so hard and it's, there's so many, there's so many different types of distractions. There's so many different types of relationships that you have. And the way that I've navigated it is basically picking the top two, three, four, whatever it is, you know, relationships like these are the people that I will pick up the phone for. These are the people yeah. I will text back. 
Um, and you know, my goal is to grow that circle, hopefully over time as I meet cool and interesting people, uh -huh. but it doesn't default to everyone I know or the acquaintances that I have or anything along those lines, yeah. because it's impossible to, it's impossible to navigate towards the done. life that I want to have without yeah. basically making that a so, part of the journey. A hundred percent. So I think a good way to think about it is like, you know, as you like grow, like you're going to naturally gravitate towards people that are, I guess, like growing with you as well, or taking the same steps, doing the same things. Like, for example, like I was at, I was at a bachelor party this past weekend with a, for one of my college fraternity brothers and like half of them I hadn't seen since we graduated, like, you know, three, four years ago. And there was only like, really as much as it you know pains me to say it, there's really only like two dudes that I could like relate to like the shit that they're doing in life was like I was like oh really like I'm so glad I got to see you after all this time like what what are you up to we're spit, picking each other's brain and the other guys you know I was having a fun time with right like we're shooting the shit cracking jokes all that good stuff but it's not really like oh hey I, you know let's do it again next weekend right um so yeah. That's kind of my, my take on all that. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I hear you. Okay. So let's talk about the small business management, which SMB, for those that don't know, SMB stands for small to medium sized business. Mm -hmm. um, and so whenever we say SMB, that's what we're referring to. Okay. So what are, you know, obviously, how do I want to ask this? What's the shift been like going from, W2, W2 employee to, you know, your title as CEO and you're responsible, you know, obviously to your, your, your business partners, but then also to the employees of the company and then, then responsible for the overall success. What's yeah. that, you know, transition been like? Uh, it's been great, like great, honestly, like I think more responsibility is, is good for me. Like it's, it's a forcing function for me to like kind of get my shit together, okay. I guess, if you will, which is good. So I'm all here for it, but it is kind of frustrating coming from like a, so like, especially a SVP, like super, super white collar, like emails had to be perfect. You know, your Excel files better be formatted in, the, in this exact way. Like, like very structured, high finance, real estate world where everything looks super legit. And then you're coming here where, you know, the people you're interacting with, your employees are very, you know, blue collar. They're just trying to show up like nine to five, have, you know, get paid well, have their weekends to themselves, where it was like, it's kind of frustrating where I'm kind of coming, trying to come in, come in here hot, like build something crazy. But, um, you know, you kind of have to recognize the limits of everything. And two, nothing. So a big thing I've, I've also recognized is like, I don't know, I, I guess I'm kind of like a, try to be a perfectionist but i'm learning that's you know per perfect is the enemy of you know great or good you're, you're learning about the the 80 20 principle <laughs> yeah it's like there's so many things i want to do but it's like okay what what's in the limits of my bandwidth my team's bandwidth and our you know resources bandwidth let's go knock out the things that are gonna the the small the 20 percent of the things that are gonna create you know 80 percent of the needle movement versus mm -hmm. trying to do the 80 percent of the things that might need move the meat needle needle 20 percent so yeah, that I would say time management has been a big one too. So it's like, I don't know, like now it's like, I, I kind of like, I think Naval talked about it, like putting a dollar amount, like a hypothetical dollar amount on your like hours. Yes. Or yeah, so. that was Naval. Yep. It's like any, anything like that, anything now. So we have two VAs that are in the Philippines. So like 
anything that I'm sitting there, like I could do this, but I could tell, teach them, I could spend an hour teaching them how to do this. And then every time that comes up, you know, and then over the next couple of months, they can just do that for me. It's like, okay, these are the kinds of decisions I need to be making. And yeah. to free me up to do some higher level shit. So has, would you say that there's been a difference in how you think as it pertains to when you're working in your W2 versus when you're acting as CEO, well, not acting, yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah. Um, you know, acting as CEO, um, like, is there, has there, have there been any shifts in your thinking? Uh, and I guess that what your most recent example is, is an example, but any, any other things yeah. along those lines where it's like, I think differently than I used to. Yeah, no, I think so. The time, the time has just been the biggest one. Like, so for example, boss sends me W2, boss sends me a request. I didn't even like think about, is there a better way of doing this? How could I do this more efficiently? I would just start like, typically it was probably an Excel model or something like that. I would just start banging away at it. You know, I might've like ended up spending two hours on something that was, you know, really could have taken me 30 minutes if I'd taken a better approach. But at the same time, like I'm getting paid the same amount. I had to be here from nine to five. Like I wasn't really thinking about it at that in those terms, but now it's like, uh, you know, I have to do something either one, I'm trying to outsource it or delegate it down or two, if I do have to do it, what's the most efficient and best way for me to knock this out. So I have more time because there's a billion other things I have to get to now. And if I don't get to it, it's not getting done. So, um, gotcha. so that's kind of where I've been at. And two, I guess like, ROI is another big one as well. I used to be, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm still like frugal or I don't know if frugal is the right word. Like I, I definitely like, you know, there's some spots where I'll spend a bunch of money and there's some spots where, you know, like cars are a big example for me. Like I have a Toyota Tacoma right now where some, you know, I would say people in my peer group are, you know, trying to drive Mercedes Benzes and shit like that. But <laughs> You know, they have, you know, a, a, a two bedroom, two house with a pool, like 50 minutes away from the city in the suburbs, because that's something they could afford. But meanwhile, they're driving, you know, some $80,000 car. I'm driving, you know, $30,000 Tacoma, but I also rent an apartment in one of the nicest places in town, like right in the smack dab in the middle of the city. So mm -hmm. just because that is, saved me time. I'm right next to a grocery store, right next to the office, right next to the gym. So I guess going back to it, I guess the big, the, probably the biggest thing is just the, like time, honestly. That's what it all boils down to. At the how, end you, of the how you think about your time? How I think about my time and how I think about spending money to or save me back. Relative to that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, my apartment rent, you know, might be X dollars or I could live, you know, 45 minutes away in a suburb for Y dollars, which is less than X. But I'm also wasting 45 minutes to drive anywhere the fuck I want to go anywhere to get anywhere so it's like you got to just think about it like on a total aggregate basis yeah what has it been like i mean you touched on it a little bit but i feel like you touched on it from a personality side and like a how, how you feel about it personally so more on the the corporate side of things what is it like managing employees now versus yeah. you know being an, a managed employee <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot different, especially, um, you know, the, the nuances having, you know, two VAs in, in the Philippines, I'm managing, um, managing, uh, one employee that is, is, is older than me here in the office. So it's kind of just like, you know, who's this fucking snot nosed kid that doesn't know anything of, was a financial analyst before this 
doesn't know anything about our industry, our project. So um, I, I think luckily I've, I've been, um, you know, whether it's on the sports teams, like I said, growing up or just like in the classroom or amongst my friend groups, like someone that's always taking the initiative, taking like an, a natural leader, if you will, like I'm always one, like in our friend group, like it's like if, if I'm not taking point on it and like figuring out like, hey, we're going here, 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 and here, here, we need these plans made. Hey, we need this reservation made. Like if I'm not doing that, it's probably not getting done. So, mm-hmm. so it was fine for me, like stepping up and, you know, shouldering, like taking on that mentality, like, hey, I, I like to, you know, kind of lead by example. So, yeah. So that's been, that's been fun. Uh, it was a little bit stressful knowing like, Hey, if I'm not closing these sales deals or, Hey, if I'm not making these calls or, Hey, if I'm not watching our bank account, making sure, our, you know, timing wise with our accountant paying our subcontractors, shit like that, you know, <laughs> um, these guys might skip a paycheck or like, they're not going to be able to eat that week or that's just, you know, obviously an extreme, um, yeah, yeah. But it's like just having that again, going back to it, having that responsibility, I think it's been great for me as just a person. So I've been I've been loving it so far. Um certainly a ton of nuances though to managing people. Um I hadn't really done I've done it in outside of a work setting, I guess if you will. Like I said, you know, like being the captain of the sports team or you know, being a leader of a friend group, but not of like when there's like money on the line, I guess and it's a, it's a whole line. new, it's a whole new operating environment that requires uh, an entirely additional set of emotional intelligence skills, at least in my experience. Yeah. Um, and yep. that's been one of the main things. Um, yeah. So that, that I've learned. the other thing too. So like, I guess on a sports field, if someone talks up, you can just fucking lay into them, I guess, whereas <laughs> in work, like if someone messes something up, it's like, I can't just, <laughs> can't do that that's like you know going to hr but yeah uh, i I guess i am hr so maybe i could do it (laughs) um but yeah so it's like again i have an emotional intelligence i i think that the biggest thing is like if someone if you again come back to the responsibility like so for example um here's a good example so my va responded to one of our our cold emails with something that I, i i wouldn't have responded with maybe but I'm sitting there and my initial thought was just a blamer. I was like, oh my gosh, why would she respond to this? And then, but w- once I took a breath, I'm like, I didn't do a good enough job of training her on how to do this. So it's hundred mm-hmm. percent on my fault. So going back to the emotional intelligence thing, it's like, if you just switch your lenses from like any problem that happens or any mistake that has happened was your fault instead of being someone else's, like you get so much more done and like, you can make so much, you learn much faster and uh, it's just better for everyone. Yeah. Do you like the, the person that this environment and this experience and whatnot, do you like the person that it's turning you into and like changing you into? Yeah. Cause obviously 100%. we're changed by what we go through. So <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, and the best thing is to, it's like, I already, I know I have so much like more work to do and I know how much better like and higher my ceiling can get but where I'm at right now is like already in a fucking pretty great spot as far as like personally like you know just how you know life's been going happiness levels just stuff like that and that's the best part thing too it's like the same thing it goes with like fitness too it's like I'm, I'm I've been working out pretty well over the past like 12 months and where my body has been just physically is like in a really great spot right now and I still have so much more room to get better but it's like, 
with all things in life, right? It's like the compounding, it's all long-term. So it's like where I'm at right now is, is in a really great spot. And I know how much higher of the ceiling there still is to go. So I think it's just like knowing, just falling in love with like the monotony and the, the day-to-day consistency of the process of just like, hey, like, you know, you're not going to turn it into a $30 million company overnight, or you're not going to be competing for Mr. Olympia tomorrow. Just like go day by day, keep getting better. And uh, the results just, if you can just worry about the process, I think that's like the Patriots thing, or like <laughs> there's some legendary football coach. It's like, hey, if you worry, if you take care of the process day in, day out, you don't have to worry about the Super Bowl. It's inevitable. Like mm-hmm. just worry about the process that's going to get you to the Super Bowl or win you a Super Bowl and that's going to be fine. So yeah, yes, I am. I'm a completely different person than I think I was this, certainly this time, like two or three years ago, prop definitely this time last year. So I, I closed on the business May 1st of last year. Um, last summer, I still had some, <laughs> some speed bumps I was going through, but I, I, I turned the corner about October I think 2021 and it's just been going straight up to the right from there. That's awesome. That's super cool. How did you, um, so we got connected by, because we're both in the wealth pin community group and, uh, which was started by pine Baron Mm -hmm. account on, uh, on, uh, on Twitter and his partner, Alex Reed, which is wealth pin as his thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, how did you, how did you find pine Baron and wealth pin? Uh, I, so I think this was at a point where I was like, I don't know, there was a point in my life. So before the, even the genesis of like rock and bender, like I tried making it e-com site, like a bunch of different shit. I was kind of just like finding masterminds and groups on Twitter and just fucking like throwing money at them and seeing like, Oh, something's going to stick from here. Mm -hmm. Like, I just know it is. I've always heard, you know, join masterminds or pay for pay to acquire skills like all your excess yeah. money should be going to acquire skills shit like that yeah. until you have no more skills to acquire um and i don't know i just saw pine bear and i followed him like his content and then joined you know wealth and and uh really fucking liked it and obviously you know our relationship spawned out of there so there you go um yeah now obviously with rocket vendor together um which is you know it's coming but <laughs> Hopefully we're about a month away from, uh, from, yeah. Uh, Making the from meeting, meeting Mr. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Benjamin and his whole, his whole crew. Yeah. Boys. yeah. Um, okay. And I, I wanted to ask you what buying, okay. So going back to the small business thing, I wanted to ask you, what was buying a small business? Like, what was that process like? Cause this is, I, I've been noticing there's a big development and even so, you know, uh, Sam Parr and, and Sean Purry, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you listen to their podcast, by the way, the My First Million? I've listened to a couple episodes. I've heard okay. good things about it. Um, I need to get on the train. I, dude, I think it's right up your alley. Like, I listen mm-hmm. to every episode. I'm behind right now. But when I'm behind, I go back and I listen all the way up through. Like, I do not miss an episode. Um, nice. I, I love it. And so even Sean, like Sean in particular, very entrepreneurial guy. Sam is as well. But he had like one big thing that he was focused on for the last mm-hmm. however many years with trends and in uh, the hustle. But anyway, even they have started talking about this, like, you know, honestly, I don't know why we're not buying cash flowing businesses and, and improving them and whatnot yeah. versus trying to start businesses. Like that's become a part of the narrative, you know, a month or so ago when mm-hmm. you know, from where I'm behind. Um, 
So I've been seeing this conversation kind of develop and SMB twits got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I've started getting plugged into it um, and, and whatnot. So I feel like there's gotta be a lot of people out there that are, you know, at least thinking about this and considering it. I think there are kind of two general things. So, you know, if you guys, there's a plenty of basic information on Twitter, right? There's plenty of threads. You have a good thread about like at least how to go hunt for business and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to, you know, a real person who's actually interested in the, in the, in the outcome versus just like, you know, being a part of the conversation because they enjoy it, which is 99% mm -hmm. of anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think there are two elements. So one is the, you know, how do I go from the, in your case, right. From W2 finance employee, whatever in, in a good, you know, company, but still right. Um, yeah. to CEO owning this business that you don't have specific experience and obviously you have related experience. Um, mm. so that's like a, a kind of a concern like, you know, how do I even look at this world and, and match it with my life? And then yeah. two is, you know, what is the process even freaking look like? I have no clue. It just feels like I'm staring into a black hole, but I know the yeah. government will give me money, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So I would say in the first and foremost, like if it's your first one, like a strategic part, don't just look for like, you know, a blank equity check. A strategic partner is worth its weight in gold. Um, so that for me was Sam Rosati, who literally met on Twitter. We ended up, you know, both being UF guys, both being from Tampa, knew a bunch of the same people. So that was cool. Um, but, you know, Sam is like a, a micro private equity, like SMB, like guru, if you will. He's operated a couple of the companies. He has stakes and, you know, a lot um, of these small businesses. So for him, like, it was just like another one, like rinse, wash, repeat. Like he's done this all the time. So he really had the whole playbook for us, right? So whereas I, Bert and I were used to transacting on real estate deals, which like, you know, there's... Uh, some back and forth, the PSA, like the LOIs, all that stuff. But then you have, you know, like you're in contract for, you know, a while doing due diligence, stuff like that. And then you close on it. Um, with this, it was like literally from the time we get the SIM or whatever, which is, you know, like an OM in real estate offering memorandum, SIM. Um, I couldn't even, honestly, I probably shouldn't know what it stands for. <laughs> um, it's basically like a, a marketing pitch book put together by a broker outlining the company's pros and cons. Which I would tell you right now, just on that, like com complete horseshit. Like that's just window dressing. Like you got to do your own due diligence. Um, yep. It's complete horseshit. But anyway, so the I would say back going back to your first question. Um, one on your first deal, find a strategic partner that's done it before that you know has money to invest. One, but two is just looking for someone to operate the company. And if you're going the SBA route, take the you know personal guarantee, which is big. Um, and then two, like how the whole process works is like uh, really, you know, I think first and foremost, you kind of kind of define what criteria you're looking for. And that's content for especially these SMBs, which a lot of time, especially in the early innings, you might be buying a job. So you got to define like what you're looking for. Really, are you looking for, you know, a 70 hour a week gig where you're wearing 20 different hats or are you looking and a lot of this is going to depend on the purchase price too, right? Mm -hmm. um, or are you looking for a job that maybe, you know, there's a COO or someone already in, in place that's going to do, you know, 90%, you're just a passive owner, maybe making some operational or technology stack or branding tweets and you're providing 
passive leadership guidance or something like that. And you're just signing a personal guarantee. So I got it in business model too, right? Why is you looking for something that has recurring revenue? Are you looking for something that's online? Are you looking for something that's project-based? And it's all, you know, there's a billion of them out there. And I think why this is becoming a bigger space, I saw some stat where it's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the exact number is. This might be, you know, crazy. I'm smoking weed numbers, but um, like $10 trillion worth of businesses that are owned by boomers are like, they're about to come to that retirement age. So like, there's going to be a flood of these businesses hitting the market soon. And so it's going to be like truly like a generational opportunity. And where I think it's coming in with, with Twitter and why in the space, like my 10 year kind of like operating thesis is going to be in nothing against the seller of our business, but he was kind of running this business like a boomer, like taking businesses that are already cash flowing by themselves operating like analog. This is my thing. So it's like, I want to internet internetize or digitize analog businesses. So basically take a, a growing uh, cash flowing analog business, you know, and then juice it up with the latest and greatest in technology, throw some VAs on it, get some data and collect some data so you can pull some levers on it and then improve the margins that way. And then either hold it indefinitely or flip out of it, cash out, throw down, do it again. So, and uh, I know tax efficiency wise, I think, um, holding indefinitely is a move, but I don't know. I kind of like cashing out and the, the challenge of reinventing yourself. And it depends on what you want to put your time into. If you're making, yeah, any, I kind of like the leveling up and just, I don't know, rolling it into bigger shit, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm so young and I have time. Don't understand anything. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you 15 years from now, like, what are you, what are you hoping the picture looks like? yeah so 15 years from now let's see i am like turning 42 years old um so at that point as far as like business wise or life i mean i would say both both. i see them being related yeah hopefully yeah yeah of course so like big family living here in tampa uh hopefully you know operating i'm not operating a business at that point or maybe I'm passively operating a business. Um, but I had like a, a hold co, if you will, of not of like project sweaty based businesses, if you will. Like, I think this might be like the business I'm in right now. Probably going to be the last business I do that's like project based or not recurring or not online um, mm-hmm. at all. It's just like, it's, like the juice is not worth the squeeze in my opinion. Like, and I have buddies that are, you know, quote unquote, like Wi-Fi money, um, which hopefully Rocket Vendor will be in that category. Like effectively clicking buttons and printing money at like 90% gross margin. So I'm like, and they're doing it from all across the world, traveling, all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, I want a little slice of that. So mm-hmm. hopefully I have a, a portfolio of potentially like, so in industries that I know, right? So like real estate, within that niche town and like multifamily within that niche town into like commercial real estate vendors, stuff like that. Just like a portfolio of online operating businesses that I'm either like, you know, have some say in and maybe I'm sitting in on meetings. Hopefully I have people that are running them for me um, like that too. So that's that two super involved uh, in Tampa community. So 
I love this city. Uh, I want to stay here forever. It's certainly not the city I grew up in. A lot of people are like, why are you still in your hometown? It's like, well, the city I grew up in is not the city that it is right now. It's sweet. I want to get involved maybe in like, uh, like I think being the mayor of Tampa one day would be pretty cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm doing that because a lot of people say like, you know, the only person that wants to be the president is like, you know, egotistical maniac or something like that. <laughs> or anyone that wants to hold yeah. public office is like, want to be like they're doing it for vanity or whatever which a hundred percent agree to that but i think that i want to do it out of like because i think shit can be done so much better and i can see like hey if no again going back to it like if no one else if i want to done my way or if i want to done the right way i'm going to do it myself if no one else is going to do it i'm going to take the lead and i'm going to make it happen so i think being the mayor of tampa would be kind of cool 40 years old after especially too i'm like done with you're just got a bunch of businesses and I'm holding on to, I'm not, you know, actively running them anymore. I got the time and money is tight. Um, I think that can be in my future too. So nice. I, I don't know, that. man. We'll see. I think president is too much, especially nowadays. Who fucking even knows if America will even be around in 15 years. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, it, 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 you know, even after when she reached 40, you still apparently have 35 years, give or take since. Uh, <laughs> I feel like two more political careers in me before I'm <laughs> Joe, Joe and Trump say, yeah, like you can live a full life and then become president. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. But, um, I think local politics would be cool. Just giving back. I can't think of a better way to like give back to the community than having me who nothing against our current politicians. Um, a little bit more competent and future forward thinking and in tap in tune with the internet, I would say, um, mm-hmm. running shit and giving back to my community and, you know, helping out. I think that's what I'm trying to do. So. Nice. I like it. I like yeah. It. That's a, that's a good spot to, to wrap up. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, people can find you on Twitter. It's, is it Chan Reed right yeah, now? Yeah. At, at Chan Reed underscore. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll put the info in the description and whatever, but. I usually try oh, yeah. to call it out as well. Um, so find you, I assume that's the best place to find you, right? Yeah, that's the best place to find me. Um, unlike you, my podcast is not um, on, you, you're doing a way better job of pumping them out than I am. <laughs> I, I'm working I, on it. I'm, I'm still pretty inconsistent, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so I do have a podcast but i'll put it like in the link in my twitter bio or something like that um well i can i can i'll link it down below that it's on youtube right so that's that's yeah. what i'm talking about where i watch it yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i think it's yeah, just you, a chain, you got some good stuff in there. i like it yeah, yeah man i'm trying to it's more of a diary or venting if you will i don't have cool guests on not that i'm a cool guest but <laughs> you have you have cool guests on um it's more just yeah. like a diary venting one-on-one thing but i don't know, I like man. it it's a it's a good way to um, you can still use it to build community around and you can still use it as a way for, again, people that care about what you're up to or want to relate to what you're up to as a way for them to kind of basically interact with that. So yeah, there's so, definitely, definitely some, um, yeah. So I will say candidly, like a couple, couple, like, you know, high school buddies, fraternity brothers, college people I know, like somehow they figured out that I had it through some way or another. And they said like, dude, love it. So cool. I'm like, yeah, okay. see, there you go. There you like, go. I guess I'm, I'm doing it for the bros. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So dude, yes. So my, uh, one of my younger brothers and I, we started this, like this podcast and basically once a week, 
we just are smoking cigars and maybe having a whiskey nice. and we, we record it outside and we just like kind of catch up on stuff that we've gone through in the past week or whatever. And basically we're trying to make it exactly like that. Kind of like for the, for the younger guys who are like, you know, maybe they're struggling with depression. They don't really have any friends. They don't really know yeah. what's going on in the world and they, they don't understand their place in the world, just stuff like that. And so we're trying to kind of create a, I don't know, a way for them to interact. And we we do it live on YouTube and then we like, take it off, get it edited. And then we put it up as like a podcast after. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. Dude, that's for the cool bros. too. That's, uh, that's like evergreen now. So like you could show it to, you know, your kids when you're growing up, I'm like, Hey, here's some struggles that you might face later on in life. It's like, <laughs> damn, that's cool. It's yeah. a good way to think about it. Yeah. I just, it was, um, you know, my mom, my dad have this, um, have their, their marriage and whatever, various other ministry aspects to their ministries and whatnot online. Mm. And my mom had this gal write in and, or respond to some questionnaire thing or whatever it was. And was like, you know, my 17 year old son is like struggling with depression and, um, he's not really talking to us like any, you know, advice and that sort of thing. And like that jumped out at me. Cause I was like, I totally went through a time in my life, you know, around that same age where it's like, yeah, you know, depression is like one way of putting it. I suppose it was depression. It was also just like locking myself down emotionally, just in general, yeah. the external life circumstances and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So like, I totally know what that guy is thinking. And if there was a way for him to, you know, join the live and just understand that there are like other guys out there who like get what's going on, um, mm -hmm. then it might help like, you know, help be a, um, a support or a foundational support, which, you know, your parents can't always be that for you and whatever else. For sure. Um, and like, you know, try and help, try and help people stay like they're feeling supported versus like you, it's so easy to get into that like line of thinking and then just veer off into, you know, crazy land and depression land. And it's like, yeah, no, nah, man, it's okay to, it's okay to be depressed, but then also yeah. like, we know what you're going through. It's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can like, just think about a half glass half full like you take that and then use it as fuel you know to try to get back on the path so yeah exactly that's awesome so, dude anyway good for you yeah well we'll see what happens with it all right dude yeah cool. well thanks for coming on man and uh oh yeah and thanks uh, for having me know, Britain. we'll be chatting each other this afternoon or tomorrow i'm sure so <laughs> oh yeah rocket vendor baby it's happening we're, we're gonna make a we'll make a pod for that once we clip one mil arr <laughs> it's yes. coming dude i'm telling you right now i swear yes, to god dude I swear to um, God. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. We just got to get our freaking website up and then we'll be, uh, we'll be off to the races. <laughs> I know it's coming. Don't worry. It's, it'll be worth it. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Have yeah. a good rest of your day. Uh, All right, brother. You too. See you later. Peace.